0: You know, I learned the hard way that trying to preach after getting home on Saturday night after a three-week trip doesn't work that well. So I was really thankful when um, Lance told me that that Anthony was willing to come and to share with us this morning. I thought, perfect uh, way to re-enter from the trip. So thanks for being here.
1: I'm glad you're here.
0: Thank you so much. All right. So I'm holding in my hand your book, uh, Unexpected Places and um, it looks fantastic. Now, I, I read a little bit where you were contacted uh, about writing a book, and you thought, wait a second, I, I own think own you want my dad. I think you're talking to the wrong guy.
1: That's exactly what I said on the phone. When they called me, they were like, can we speak to Anthony Evans? This is about writing a book. I was like, oh, you got the wrong one. I want Tony Evans, because I sing. <laughs> <You know? laughs>
0: right, so I, I'm just going to ask you a few questions, um, Anthony. And the first one is just... Tell us a little bit about how the book came about, other than, you know, obviously they approached you about it, but so how did you end up saying, okay, I'm going to do it?
1: Well, I, at some of our events that we do, and we, which we've done some here, which we're grateful for, thank yeah. you for allowing us to be part of the family that way, We, um, they, the publisher heard me speak from stage, and they were like, we believe that you as a worship leader is the tip of the iceberg. There's a lot of stuff beneath the surface of you that we would like to know, mm-hmm. um, and we think that it would it would actually be an asset to know that as as." as a worship leader too, it'd be, it'd be an asset for us to know what's going on beneath the surface of you. So I I decided, you know, to build this book on the principles of honesty, vulnerability, and transparency. And that's kind of where, where it started.
0: And, and on the cover, it says uh, title is unexpected places thoughts on God, faith, and finding your voice. So kind of just give us a kind of overview of those three. Well, um,
1: I've had an interesting faith journey. I know we all have our own, own stories in this room, but me growing up, the The kid of Tony Evans, his namesake in the, in the promise keeper glory days. That's when I was growing up. Y'all remember promise keeper events? You remember those? So I was this little kid in these big stadiums with these audiences roaring as my dad spoke. And as they encouraged him at the end of his messages, I would always thinking I can never be him like Mm. that, that I can never be that. So I had to figure out one, that God doesn't have grandkids and that he wants his own relationship with Mm. me and that he had a specific journey for me, Mm. um, outside of what i what was expected what what people expected me to be because of my name yeah. so i was um in, introduced in college it started actually where i was like i have to figure out my own my yeah. own walk with the lord it's mm. not just close to him because of who my dad and my family yeah. is so yeah. um that's that that's how the it, yeah. it originated
0: yeah yeah that's great and that um you, you know actually um in in kind of looking at that as being the kind of the essence of it, I thought. How many, um, you know, there are there are lots of young people out there who, in a sense, are are in the shadow of their parent. You know, especially in the church. And I thought how how important this is for um, someone who's lived it to be able to talk about and to share how God has helped you to find your own voice. That's fantastic. Thank yeah. You.
1: Yeah, I, I believe that a lot of people are in the shadow of a lot of different things, like whether it's a ministry parent or their past or yeah. whatever it is. There there are a lot of things that seem to over, overshadow us. And what this book is about is every moment I've chosen courage over comfort or faith over fear, God has met me in a very specific way. And mm. and and, for a lot of, and in, a, in a lot of ways, it's been unexpected. Yeah. But I've learned the key to um, mm. being obedient in the seemingly insignificant things. Yeah. I was uh, taught a lesson uh on a plane the other day, because I'm on planes all the time for this. I love my job, but I'm on a plane every few days, and and um, one of the flight attendants uh, on American, I, I shouldn't probably say the airline, because everybody was really angry. <laughs> I don't know why, but there's a season where everybody was mad on the, on the airlines. But anyway, I, uh, she, I got on the plane. She told me to buckle my seatbelt and put my laptop away, but I wanted to finish this one email, and I fly a lot, so I'm like, I get it. You know what I mean? Like, my seatbelt's not tied to the engine. You'll be fine. Like, that was kind of my attitude that day. And she asked me two or three times, and by the third time she got down in my face, kind of like how a kindergartner teacher would do to a child not listening. (laughs) And she said, you have asked us to take you to a destination and you not buckling your seatbelt is going to keep us from taking you where you ask us to, you want us to take you here. Yeah. And I thought about how many times in my walk with the Lord, he's asking me to do something that is seemingly insignificant. That makes no sense. And it's not tied to actually him getting me there, Mm. but it is the conduit by which what I'm asking him for anyway will, mm. will take place. Mm. And I've learned that in those insignificant things, or the seemingly insignificant things, I will do those things, and then we will take off to the destination God's <laughs> asked me to take. I've, I've, I've asked God to take me, <laughs> me to anyway.
0: So, yeah. so, that, so that stewardess had a prophetic word for you. Yeah, yes, she, she didn't know. She made the
2: book. Yay. <laughs> I mean, you know, so, <laughs> so yeah. That's
0: great. All right. So you told me backstage that the book isn't actually even out till Tuesday, correct?
2: Right. It's not out. Till All right.
0: Tuesday. But we have some copies today. Yeah, because they
1: accidentally shipped me some. So I'm like, great.
0: Going to coverage. <laughs> accidentally. That's one of those <laughs> unexpected blessings that you're talking about here. All right. So, so just one last thing. Um, what, what are you? And you know, you kind of touched on already, but what, what are you wanting people to take away from the book?
1: Um, I want people to take away from the book a few key elements. And one is that um, you'll, you just hear, I, first of all, I did micro chapters because I'm not a big avid reader. And I, one of the things I told the publisher was these chapters have to be short because I'm the guy who like counts the pages before I read a <laughs> chapter to know how long I'm going to have to sit down. So it's just kind of micro chapters of things that have happened in my life. But at the end of each chapter, I turn them and kind of ha- challenge the reader to, to look and see what God yeah. may, maybe wanted to tell them. But overall, I'm wanting people to understand that, um, choosing courage over comfort and faith over fear is a a key that unlocks so many blessings in our lives. And also, um, I want the reader to know that if, if you're asking God for something, if you're asking him to take you to a certain place, it's always good to, to look like where you want to go. I I work out at a gym with a lot of actors and all that stuff, because I live in, 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 Hollywood. And I ask a guy, um, why are you working out so hard? And he was like, I don't know what the role will be, but I know that I cannot walk into an audition not looking like the role that I want. Mm-hmm. So if I'm an audition for Superman, I can't be 40 pounds overweight, you know what I mean? <laughs> and be like, I promise I'll get there. Yeah. So I want the reader to understand that it's our, our objective to prepare ourselves, mm-hmm. knowing that God has, has a role for us because he's promised each one mm-hmm. of us that he does. He has a specific plan for our lives, but it's our job to be ready for the role that we're asking mm-hmm. him for.
0: Wow, that's great. That yeah. sounds fantastic. All right, so I like that micro chapters. I, I get it. That's, that's really good. So, um, well, thanks. Thanks for being here. Thanks for sharing some music with us. And thanks for coming and bringing the book. And so uh, after the service today out in the courtyard, uh, there will be uh, some books. And I think you're going to be out there maybe to sign a few. Yeah, I'll be there. Great. I'll All right. be there. Thank you guys for having me again. All right. <laughs> All right. So, so one of the things that we thought about, you know, with the just on the tail end of the festival here, um, as as we were all at uh, Creation Fest a couple weeks ago, just all throughout the week, we were marveling at. The different stories that we were hearing, you know things that were happening in people 's lives and, and all of that, and you know I usually give a little bit of an update, but I thought it would be really great this morning to invite some of the team, some of the folks that traveled with us and ministered with us to to share with us this morning a little bit about their experience at the festival and so um, we 're going to do that right now, and we 're going to start this morning. With uh, Greg Buffington, Greg went with us on uh, the trip to Creation Fest. This was his first trip, and so Greg, come on out. And uh, I'm going to basically ask everybody the same two questions. Question number one is kind of just the overall impression of the festival, and question number two is something you know specific that God, uh, you know, showed you, spoke to you, um, or something like that at the festival. So, Greg, thanks for uh, being willing to come up this morning.
3: Thank you, Pastor Brian.
0: So this was your first trip. And I got I to say, when I saw you on the trip, I was like, that is fantastic. I was so glad to see that you came. So, so what was your, uh, just your impression overall of the festival?
3: Incredible. <clears throat> a lot of moving parts. Anybody that knows anything about logistics and putting things together, you're talking about a lot of people, an annual festival in another country. Um, a logistical nightmare that was basically uh, a well oil machine. And uh, that was my impression of it. Yeah. So that was the easy question. <laughs> that was the easy question, okay. Well,
0: good, I like that, a well-oiled machine and a lot of moving parts because it certainly is that. You know, one of the things that I've had happen over the past few years is, you know, people come and they, I think they kind of had in their mind that it was gonna be one thing and got there and realized, oh no, this is completely different than what I had thought it would be. So, um, but I know it's difficult to, to narrow it down, as you said, to, to one Thing, but if you could do that, that would be great.
3: <clears throat> I would have to say, first of all, I had the best job, duty, assignment, or post. Um, I ended up somehow getting lucky working and camping and uh, worked with the most incredible people you could meet in your life, strong, true, genuine Christian people. So that had an impact on me. Um, Also, they do something there when people come to camp for Creation Fest. They call them ice blocks, but we call them gel packs or the little blue things you put in your ice chest. And what we would do for free is you could bring yours in, we'd put them in a big freezer, put a piece of tape on it, your name, and you come several hours later or the next day when they're frozen. So by doing this, I had an opportunity to interact with a lot of people, even just briefly, and some of the people, because you could camp for the whole week, when they walk through the door with ice packs in their hand, I would just immediately go to the freezer because I memorized the face and the name. I would go to the back, get the ice packs, and do a quick exchange. So every time I did that, I had an opportunity to interact with people. Um, it's amazing to be somewhere and people hear your voice and go, oh, you're from the States, and they want to talk to you. Uh, that was the first time experiencing that yeah so
0: yeah yeah, and that that 's funny because you know usually when you go over uh, a lot of times the Americans that go over they somehow suddenly want to adopt an English accent to you know kind of fit in, but you know I always say to people I, I, I always say, you know what would it be like if a British person came to visit us in California and they tried to speak with a California accent? we would say, oh, please don 't do that, you know, please speak in your." you know, your native accent. We really love that. And that's, that's the same true. thing, right?
3: That's true. Yeah. Great. But we do need to take a team of people over to teach them that an elevator is not a lift. <laughs> a popsicle is not an ice lolly. <laughs> and a bus is not a coach.
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah, there are many. <laughs> we're we're uh, two people separated by a common language. That's what uh, people have said about the, <laughs> the British and the Americans. Greg, thanks for... Uh, being willing to come up and share this morning.
3: Thanks, Pastor Brian, All and right. thanks to the team that put Creation Fest together. All right, God bless.
0: All right, so we have, uh, we have coming up next a young lady, Mackenzie Limpus, and uh, Mackenzie was part of the trip, and so she's gonna come out, and I'm gonna ask her um, basically the same two questions, but maybe I'll just word it a little bit differently so we don't get monotonous here. Hi. Hi.
4: Hi. <laughs>
0: yes, thanks for coming.
4: <laughs> Thank you for having me. Thanks for
0: coming on the trip. Yeah. So first impression, what, what, you know, what was your overall impression of the trip?
4: Well, like you were saying, I had no clue what to expect going into it. I had no expectations. And um, immediately getting there, I just felt the Lord moving in everything that I was doing. Um, I'm a new Christian, so it was um, mm-hmm. super exciting to kind of experience all of that and so my overall impression of it was just like the Lord was taking me and putting me out of my comfort zone and just um letting him just move through me Mm
0: -hmm. through it all all right that's great now so was there one thing that you know you experienced either personally you experienced it or or a story you know maybe you met somebody or something like that that kind of really sticks with you
4: yeah, so um I was volunteering in the sports section. So I was just hanging out with a bunch of young kids and um playing sports with them and one of the girls, her name was Rosie, she was 14. Um she was watching her sister play basketball and I ended up having a conversation with her and um she told me her story and how her parents are Christians and she didn't know what that really meant and I ended up talking to her about it and she ended up dedicating her life to the Lord.
0: Wow, that's great. Yeah. That's great. You know, and it it is a little bit hard to um, grasp the, the plight of so many, like, 14-year-olds in that area of the UK. Uh, Cornwall is where we have the festival. Cornwall is a county. And um, it's, it's kind of one of those places where it's, it's one of the most beautiful parts of the country. It's, um, it's, it's that dichotomy between ultra-rich it's the holiday destination for the ultra-rich, but there's also intense poverty there. And as a result of the intense poverty, you get you uh, you get you know drugs, you get uh, teen pregnancies, and you get a lot of kids who are just, by, by the age of 14, they are just messed up. Yeah. And they, they've kind of been indoctrinated in an atheistic worldview too. So to be able to share with and and see a fourteen-year-old come to Christ. I mean, that's a life changer yeah. for somebody like that. Yeah, so sure. that's amazing. Well, Mackenzie, thanks. Thank for you, Sharon. Thanks for being on the trip. <laughs> Thank you. All right. So Aaron Colt's going to come, and um, Aaron has been on a few of the trips, and um, but he had a couple things that he wanted to share. So Aaron is uh, the husband of Hannah. You might recognize him. Sometimes he's up here with the band playing bass. And uh, he's got, um, there's two people in this church that have a laugh that is so distinct that you will, anywhere in the world, you'll go, okay, it's either Joe Dyer or Aaron Colt. Uh, when they laugh, it's like, okay, where are they? There, there's nobody that laughs like these guys. So, um, so Aaron, you, you've, been, you've been, what, three times now or four? Yeah, this is my third time. Third time, okay. Yeah. So, what, you know, so when was the last time you went? Uh,
2: 2012, 2012. 2012,
0: okay. Yeah. So, any big changes in the few years that you hadn't been? Uh, what was your impression this time?
2: It's definitely larger. Definitely again. larger, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Right, so, yeah. Um, definitely larger. Uh, as far as big changes go, no. Um, it was just my awareness of what was happening there changed, yeah. I think.
0: Yeah. So, but, um, there, but there were uh, at least one thing, but probably a couple things that you, that you kind of walked away with from. Were you, were you oh, doing absolutely. kids ministry this year?
2: I was in the youth tent. So oh, youth were, tent, okay. Uh, I was with the middle school up to the high school age kids. So I was helping with the team like Run Sound in there. Um, So it was pretty cool to kind of see that, to see they had the leaders in that tent, they had like three different youth organizations, just Christian organizations running it. So it was really cool to be able to watch the way they did things um, and how intentional they were with each of the students. All the activities that they did, all the non-activities, they were just super intentional. And I think every, any time there was an invitation to make a commitment to the Lord, there was at least one or two of the youth doing that. So, just getting to see people become Christians, get saved, was amazing. Just to kind of step back and watch, um, yeah. watch happen in this area. So, yeah. Uh, any yeah. any specific story that stands yeah, out? That was yeah. There's uh, God really works at that festival. And that's one thing I really noticed, uh, where he's going like kind of leaps and bounds just to get a hold of people. And there was a girl there, she was 15, um, she was going blind. And she was actually at the festival, she was going to the doctor, leaving the site every day to go to the doctor to get, to get treatment of some kind because they were just trying to prevent a total loss of sight. They are just trying to do whatever they could. And so she wasn't a Christian. And uh, one of the leaders there asked to pray with her. He prayed, and she could see a little bit better. Um, And then they prayed again. She could see a little bit better. They go into, like, the morning session, just like a little talk. And then he grabs her afterward, and he prays with her again. And she can see a little bit better. Uh, And so he tells it, he said, then I just knew that God wanted her to pray. Um, God wanted her to reach out to her father. And so she prayed. And when she opened her eyes, she could completely see. Um, To the point... Yeah. No, it's like... To the point where we all, the, the volunteers, wear these bright orange shirts. They, the colors were so vibrant. She was getting a headache because of our orange t-shirts, which was wow. amazing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, you know, yeah. it
0: it is really true. I I could sense that same thing. Um, again, it's you know we ask the question sometimes like, well, how come we don't see more miracles in, um, in our midst? And you know, sometimes we. Conclude, and I think rightfully that we're we're kind of just so self satisfied with everything, and you know we're not desperate enough, and things aren't bad enough, and and so we don't see so much of that. But when you go into a place that's really dark, like we're talking about, um, that's one thing that I I really sensed this year was God was doing. You know, there's that passage about Paul. Um, where it says that through him, God did unusual miracles. And I think that that would be one of the testimonies that we took away from this year. God was doing unusual miracles. Things were happening that were absolutely supernatural. And, and it was like the Lord was showing himself to a, a people, you know, it, it says um, in Isaiah the people who sat in darkness saw a great light. And as these people are kind of shrouded in this darkness, the Lord was really breaking through with some miraculous things, and so that's a great, great yeah. uh, testimony, thanks, Aaron. Yeah,
2: absolutely.
0: All right. Absolutely. All right, so our, um, our, our last two um, people that are going to share with us are uh, Sharon and Terry, uh, mother and daughter team, Sharon Fisher and Terry, and um, they went with us and they uh, both. I think they're going to both testify to the miraculous aspect of things here. But um, it was so great to have these two on the trip. It was great to have everybody. But Sharon was a little concerned about going on the trip because she's she's a little bit older uh, than the average <laughs> traveler. But she, I was
5: probably the oldest. Probably before. the
0: oldest, yes. And you had your birthday on the trip, right?
5: I did. It was the most fantastic birthday I've ever had.
0: <laughs> That's great. Okay, so, you guys, what was the, you know, kind of overall impression? And then we'll get down to the more specific stuff. So, Sharon?
5: Well, I was stunned. I had no idea how huge this event was, um, First of all, it's on about 90 acres, mm-hmm. the, the showgrounds are about 90 acres. Yeah. And I think, I'm guessing, that um, the event took place probably on the center of it, about 40 or 50 acres. <laughs> yeah,
0: we use about, about Is that half right? of it. Yep, that's right.
5: And um, it, um, it was just amazing to me how everything went so smoothly for mm-hmm. such a huge event. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, big trucks were rolling in with all the sound equipment and the electronic equipment to fill this cavernous, huge shed.
0: (laughs) 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 The big shed. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah.
5: (laughs) Um, And and it was such an unbelievable production. I I had no idea. I had no idea. Yeah. And, you know, the way God put it together... For me, was just so amazing because it drew in people from every—I don't know how many countries were represented there, mm-hmm. but there were so many countries, so many um, different nationalities. But what really impressed me were the uh, church leaders mm-hmm. and and YWAM and and how they were represented there um, and um, how. They put aside their differences, you might say, because yeah. there were many denominations yeah. there. Right, and they they put aside their differences to um, just really worship God. We were in a meeting. I I don't know how we got in that meeting with the leaders, but to see all these pastors and 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 church leaders just praising God. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it was uh, it. To to this day,
0: it
5: Mm. makes me choke up because it it was there was such unity. Yeah, it it was it was totally amazing. Yeah,
0: Yeah. it's it's like we like to describe it. It's a kingdom endeavor, so it's not about any one particular church or denomination. Uh, Even as Calvary Chapel, even though we're the primary sponsors and we're the ones who you know we started the festival, um, we we don't make that a big emphasis in as far as putting our brand up, but we do. The way we emphasize is doing what um, what we do, which is Bible exposition and really, you know, imparting that that understanding to the people. Um, so, Terry, what about you?
6: Well, I was thinking that actually, you guys, we need to get together and have a long cup of coffee because I have a lot to say. <laughs> but um, I'm going to speak a little more personally, I think. It's been on my heart this morning to tell you that I went expecting great things from God. I went um, with this on my heart and on my mind, and what was unveiled to me was that um, my expectations were way too small. Way, way too small. I went to um, pour out, and I was poured into. I went to give, and I received... I went to lay hands on people for healing, and I was healed. I went to bow down, and God stood me up. And it's an experience that you really can't describe. Um, I've heard people talk about Creation Fest. This is my first time I've heard people talk about Creation Fest. And you can imagine it in your mind as big as you possibly can think. And I'm telling you, it's still too small. It is amazing. And the scripture um, that the Lord gave me before I left, I wrote it down because I was afraid I would forget it, but it's Zechariah five, And the scripture says that I myself will put a ring of fire round about and my glory will be found within. And that's exactly what happened. And I got to be a part of it.
0: Yeah, yeah that's yeah. so great. Um, yeah. You know, and Ter- Terry and I were talking a little bit because in the lead up to going um, you, there were all kinds of oh. obstacles and, and things that were being thrown in front of you. And and I remember her and I having a conversation. She's like, well, I, you know, there's, why, why is this stuff going on? Maybe I shouldn't go. And, mm-hmm. you know, maybe all of this just means that I, I'm kind of stepping out of my, you know, league or my lane here. But uh, she persevered through. And it was just such a blessing mm-hmm. to see how God used you, how God personally ministered to you. Sharon, you you told me a story that I had heard a little bit about from somebody else, but I know you want to tell that story. So would you tell us that story?
5: My assignment was the uh, prayer tent. And I thought, there are such spiritual giants around. What am I doing in the prayer tent? But I felt very comfortable, very, very at home. And I was so blessed by the people that came in uh, for prayer. And um, one particular young man came in, and he'd actually been in earlier with a friend, but then he came back and he said, I think I left my cell phone here. So I just asked him, um, just small talk, you know, where are you from And, and all, and he said that he had... He was born in Poland, and that he ended up in uh, South Wales. And he got involved with drugs and alcohol. He was a mess. He had injured his leg somehow and uh, couldn't get to uh, medical help at all. He said that he was homeless for at least three years. He was on crutches because he couldn't... um, he couldn't stand, you know, the pain, and and he said that um, he finally had somehow found the Lord. I, I don't remember exactly how it was that he this came about, but he found a church, and a woman in the church said, um, "You know, uh, do you have a place to stay?" And he didn't, so he um, she found a, a a place where he could where he could stay and somehow he um through this church was prayed for and and immediately he um was cured of of this um addiction to alcohol and um but then he said that he was taking a lot of opiates he called them um for the pain in his in his leg and um he, um, he became addicted, but the Lord told him, get off of the opiates. And um, so he's, he went in the bedroom of this place he was staying, and for three weeks he went cold turkey off of all the drugs that he was taking. Well, in the meantime, somebody in, in, uh, told him about Creation Fest, and so he came uh, with this friend to Creation Fest in 2017. And he came with the idea that he wanted to be healed. Uh, his leg was hurting him. He was no longer on pain medications. And so um, he said he was in the courtyard. Um, there's, it's, it's a, a big a food court um, there. And he was he just saying, Lord, you know, I really would love to be healed, but um, I, I know, first of all, that you love me, I love you, and whether I'm healed or not, um, I, I, nothing is going to change in our relationship. And he said immediately he felt cold and hot going up and down his leg. Uh, he had apparently a, a torn tendon, and I don't know what else was wrong with his leg, but he said that, that he felt this sensation going up and down his leg. And he, he put his foot down and he kind of tested his leg to see if it was going to hurt. And it didn't. He stood up. He walked. He no longer used his crutches. And that night, they, they were, he was dancing around the bonfire. And he hasn't used crutches since. Or had, he hasn't been in pain since.
0: So he, he shared that testimony with you. Yes, yeah, he Yeah, from did. the year before. Yes. That's great. Okay, one last thing. Terry, um, there's a great, great guy who serves at Creation Fest. He's, he's one of the most joyful, jolly. He's a Scotsman. Uh, his name is Glenn. Mm. And you guys had a really amazing kind of experience with Glenn. You want to just share that real quickly?
6: Yeah, I do. But I have another one, too, I want to share.
2: Can I share them all?
6: <laughs> okay. Um, actually, you know that the it's loud there. And... Um, because of the bands, and there's so much activity, and Mom and I were kind of looking for a quiet place just to have a cup of coffee, and I saw that the artisan's um, cafe was, um, looked quiet and not in use, and there is this big old burly guy sitting in the entrance, and I said, do you think that we could just go in there and sit down, and you said, sure. <coughs> so he followed us in, and he sat down with us, and. We sat kind of kitty-corner to him and we just started chatting and I was being a parrot. I'm a parrot. I repeat everything <coughs> that is said so mom can hear. And so he looked at me kind of funny because I'm repeating everything in my slow California drawl and what she w- is, seems to be able to hear. And he looked at me and I went like this. She can't hear. And he said, you, you have a hearing aid in? And she said, I do. And he said, We're going to pray for your hearing right now. I said, Oh, wow. So take your hearing aid out. She took it out and put it down. He told me to put my hand on her shoulder, this shoulder right here. And he said, We're going to pray for your mom. And I said, Okay. And we began to pray. And uh, I could feel the Holy Spirit um, so powerfully. And I, you know, like the woman that touched the hem of Jesus. That's what went through my mind. I thought, oh, Lord God, can I please have a little bit of that healing power? And the Lord spoke to my heart, and he said, you have not because you ask not. So we, we kept praying, and, and uh, finally Glenn says to mom, he goes, what is it that you would like to hear the most? And mom said, I'd like to hear the birds sing again. So he prayed again. And then he began to whistle. And, Mom, there's no hearing aid here. She can hear the birds. (laughs) We heard a siren come down the road the other day. I said, did you hear that? I heard it. She couldn't hear those before. So I start repeating things. She says, I heard. (laughs) So I had to muster up the courage to ask for a prayer. I really wanted emotional healing, um, something, a deep wound in my heart, but it couldn't seem to muster it up. So I asked him if he would pray for me for healing of my body. The list is really long. He says, well, what's the matter with you? I said, well, the list is really long. I didn't want to talk about it at all. <laughs> but it's, it's really big. I came with a cane because, you know, going to Costco was even as difficult for me sometimes. it put me on a cane for a couple days. So I asked that he would pray that there would be healing of my body. He says, we're going to do that. But first, there's a healing that needs to take place in your heart. And, you know, he said things to me that only the Lord knew. And he began to pray for me, and the hurt lifted immediately. It's not back. I have victory. And then I didn't think much about the physical healing until I uh, shoved my bed. It was kind of moved away from the wall, and I tripped over the end of it. So I shoved my bed against the wall, and I thought, oh. That didn't hurt, and I looked to where my cane was, and uh, it still was against the dresser. I hadn't used it not one time, not once did I use my cane in these long days. I still, you know where my cane is? It's on a truck someplace to London. <laughs> I don't have it anymore. I'm done. I don't need the cane anymore.
3: Mm-hmm. That is, yeah.
5: You know, the days are long there.
0: Yeah. And <laughs> they um, long days. because
5: Carrie's autoimmune problems, um, she, we didn't know how she was going to be able to handle that. And uh, just day after day, the Lord seemed to strengthen her.
0: Mm-hmm.
5: And I'm just amazed. She outwalked me.
0: <laughs> yeah, you Not guys are am- amazing each other
6: yeah. <laughs> and everybody else. <laughs> so amazing True. the Lord. <laughs> Can I share one more little story? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I have to just share this story because this was so. Um, beautiful to me. And um, I was on the Connect team. It's also a prayer team. And we were the ones that stand in front after a a call is given if you'd like to receive the Lord or if you need prayer. And I teamed with um, Kelly. And one particular night, they gave the call. And um, Kelly and I were up front, kind of to the side. And as we look to see the hands go up, little hands little hands went up all over the room, and I nearly lost it. It was so sweet and so beautiful to see these children, and a mother brought up a son to us who was just sobbing. He fell into um, Kelly's arms, and he said, he raised his hand, and I don't know what's the matter with him, <laughs> and Kelly said, that's the Holy Spirit, and I said to him, would you like to receive Jesus in your heart, and he, he's like this. And as I put my hand under his chin, I said, will you repeat after me? He said, like this. So I said a sentence, and he, like this. (laughs) And I said, that's good. And so, um, in the meantime, there's a little girl standing there watching. I thought, oh, his little sister, how sweet that is. And I waved to her, and she waves to me. And um, a few moments later, I realized that she wants to ask Jesus in her heart, and I get down on my knees. We're face to face, like this. And that little one repeated every single word. You know, this isn't just for the next generation. It's for the generation after that. You know, the enemy would try to wound the children because it makes it harder later in life. And God's saying, no, these belong to me. These are my children. And you know what? We got to be a part of that. So I had to share that.
0: All right. Thank you, too, for sharing. That is fantastic. So, I'm going to share one, uh, one final story. Um, well, I'll, I'll share two really quickly. There was, uh, there was, so there was a little, like, I, I want to kind of keep on the thread of this supernatural, miraculous thing that was happening because it, it was real. Know, it was, and, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Sharon went to Creature Fest with yeah. hearing aids and um, I, would, I would be talking to her and you know, she wouldn't be responding. And then, you know, Terry would remind me, you know, she can't hear. And then uh, I didn't know about this thing about Glenn praying for her. And then I'm talking to her and she's just responding normally. And I think, okay, I guess I'm talking loud enough or whatever, you know, it's working. And then they told me the story about Glenn praying for her. And I thought, oh man, that is just amazing. But there was a kid who was about six years old and he comes up to Sarah Yardley and he says to her, he says, I feel like God wants me to share uh, something. He was really, really nervous. And he said, would, would it be okay if I did that? So Sarah brought him out in front of everybody. And he says this, he says, I, I feel like the Lord showed me that there's somebody here and their dog died recently and they're really, really heartbroken. But Jesus just wants you to know that it's gonna be okay. And um, you know he's going to take care of everything. And then you know, and then he, the kid was so nervous. It was like, okay, get me off this stage now. <laughs> you know. So I mean, he wasn't like wanting, wanting necessarily to get up in front, but he just felt like he should do it. So Sarah said, you know, she just figured. I mean, there's a lot of people out there. Who knows if if that was a real word from the Lord or not? She we weren't sure. Uh, the next day, a lady comes up just sobbing, saying that was her, and she had come to the festival so sad over this uh, having lost her dog that that word from that little boy really just encouraged her so much. you know you think, "Wow, you know here's a little six or seven year old getting a word to uh, encourage through, but I, I had one other thing that happened to me right before. Cheryl and I left Saturday morning early to go to Austria for the conference. And Friday night, a lady comes up to me. And she says, you know, she says, I have a friend. She's 87 years old. And she desperately wanted to be here tonight to meet you. And she said, I was going to, I was, you know, I was supposed to bring her, but my, my car's broken down. So I wasn't able to go get her. And, um, but she wanted me to tell you because she couldn't come. She wanted me to tell you, thank you. And this was the reason. She's 87 years old. A couple years ago, her husband died. She was so despondent over her husband's death. She attempted suicide by throwing herself off of a cliff. Now, the coastal area there in Cornwall, uh, you know, there are lots and lots of cliffs and the sea is below. So she's, you know, 85, 86 years old, whatever. She throws herself off the cliff. She breaks all kinds of bones hitting on the way down. She lands in the sea. And um, she's still alive. A patrol boat happens to be coming by at the same time. Tried to rescue her, she, she tried to refuse being rescued. She says, I wanna die, leave me alone. I don't wanna be rescued. So anyway, they ended up rescuing her. She was you know, completely disoriented and all. Um, but she went into the hospital, uh, she recovered. But this is what the, the lady told me, she wanted me to know. Um, our radio program has been broadcasting in England for the past 20 years. And so we're on uh, with Back to Basics every night at nine o'clock, covers the whole country. Originally, when I started on the radio, it just covered London, but since then it it became nationwide. Anyway, she said that God has healed her heart through the teaching of, of the word that she hears there. And she wanted to come and personally thank me. And I just thought, an 87-year-old woman trying to commit suicide, how crazy is that? But God is just touching her and restoring her through his word. So, And, and all of that is fruit back to our account here and the ministry here. So um, that, that really encouraged me. Maybe that will encourage you as well. You know, one other thing that I thought was really tremendous, specifically for Sharon, um, Sharon, who was just up here, you know, Sharon was um, a part of this church before Pastor Chuck became the pastor. Uh, Her and her husband, Hal, were the original, part of the original board members that invited Pastor Chuck to come and to become the pastor of Calvary Chapel when it was in Costa Mesa. And I just thought, and I had mentioned this to her there, I said, man, how amazing is this that there you guys were in that little church and you were looking for a pastor. And, you know, the Lord brought Pastor Chuck along and, you know, she lived through the whole Jesus movement and all of that, you know, as part of the ministry. Her husband, Hal, just went home to be with the Lord a couple years ago. And, and now to, to be able to take the journey and to come with us to the festival and to see the fruit of the ministry after all of these decades. And I just thought, wow, how amazing is that? And how faithful is God? So, I um, hope you were blessed by the stories. And just a reminder, we have um, we have another one-day event coming up in Scotland at the end of September. So, if there, we're still looking for a couple of people to come on the team. You saw who was up here tonight, maybe you or this morning. Maybe you've been thinking, oh, I you know I can't go on a trip like that. Um, but maybe now you realize no you could go and and God could bless and use you. So check out um oh I don't know I think it's mission.cccm.com or scotland or something. Uh you can ask out there I forget I forget what it is. But we'd love to have you come and join us. That you know this festival that we're describing here started as a one day event in 2002. And so for the last two years, we've been doing these one-day events up in Glasgow, Scotland. This year, we're going to be in Dundee, which is a different city in Scotland. And, um, you know, two years ago, 2016, I was standing in George Square in Glasgow, Scotland. And George Square is kind of like the, it's the place in Scotland. It's the most, um, well, it's a historic place where, you know, if you're going to do an outdoor event in Scotland, that's the place to do it. And I stood there and I thought of another square. I thought of Trafalgar Square in London, which um, I spent much time in because it was down the street from the church that we pastored. But I remember standing there in 2016 and saying, kind of just to myself, Lord, we're in George Square and how great it would be to go to Trafalgar Square. And I just kind of randomly said, 2020, in Trafalgar Square. And I mentioned that to a few people. So um, week before last, uh, Sarah was in a conversation with a person who has connections in London. And he was just asking her general questions about the festival and our vision and what we wanna do in the days ahead. And she just mentioned that uh, we had hoped uh, one day to do an event in Trafalgar Square. And when she mentioned it, the guy just says, okay, great, that's, uh, that's good to know. Uh, the next thing we need to do is get you in to see the mayor of London. And uh, right now, the mayor of London is, you know, he's, he's, he's a Muslim guy, so he's not all that popular with the Christians, but he's wanting to to do some things to show some, uh, you know, kind of unity in, in the community. So he's very open to uh, allowing Christians to do some sort of an event. Now, I don't know what that is all going to, um, ultimately come about as, but be praying for that because that would be fantastic if we could go and just proclaim the name of Jesus all day long to the people of London. That would be just an amazing thing. So that's something that I'm praying about and... I would ask you to pray as well. So Lord, we thank you for um, these just great testimonies of things that you've done uh, and, and things that you're doing. And help us, Lord, uh, by faith, just to keep moving forward with the gospel uh, in the days ahead. Lord, we pray for all of those that attended the festival. We pray that you would continue to follow up through that work of your spirit in each of their lives. We pray for all those who served so faithfully and and diligently and uh, gave of themselves so tirelessly uh, over that period of three or four weeks. And we we do pray blessing and times of refreshing for them as well. Lord, we pray for uh, the final night of the crusade tonight here in Orange County. We pray your blessing upon it, upon Greg as he ministers the word. And we thank you for the great things that you're doing there. And Lord, we give you our lives, self, our church. We pray that you continue to bless in Jesus' name. Amen.